Hey, fans, want new flooring and want it now. March is the time to buy at Floors to Your Home. Right, Brian Kahn? It really is, JMV. We have the state's largest selection of new flooring in stock. And we've just received additional truckloads of new hardwood, laminate, and waterproof flooring. So we're marking everything down. Brian, I'm looking at some of your incredible deals. We always sell up to 50% off those big box stores. But for a limited time, you can get new flooring starting at just 80 cents a square foot. 80 cents a square foot, that's incredible. That's three rooms of hardwood, laminate, or waterproof starting under $350 at Floors to Your Home. And you can get it right now. We have over 1,200 styles in stock. Floors to Your Home is the place for the lowest prices anywhere in Indiana. I'm doing my whole house. Three very convenient locations. Avon, Noblesville, and Brookville Road. Who has the lowest prices on flooring? Floors to Your Home. That's who. Andy Moore, Automotive Group Hotline. Stephen Holder of ESPN joins us. Uh, do you have your Rolodex of barefoot kickers in front of you right now? No, but if my wheels are turning. I, I remember Tony Franklin. I do remember that yeah. distinctly. So, growing up in South Florida, you know, Dolphins, Patriots games, I remember all those. And then he'd be kicking. And, and I never, to this day, okay, I'm a grown man. And to this day, I have no earthly idea what that was even about. <laughs> <laughs> I would actually love an explanation. <laughs> Can someone call in yes. and tell us why the hell did these guys kick barefoot? What is the advantage? It seems like it would hurt. Well, let me tell but- you this. James, get on that too. Find a barefoot kicker and get him on the show because I think we need answers decades later. <laughs> the people want to know. I they think do. the people want to know. They, they do. I also think about the pip, the, uh, and this is probably not a bad way to describe them, but the pipsqueak kickers of the past. The uh, I think Tony French was Tony French one too, along with Tony Franklin, Jim Breach, the Bar Brothers. Um, man, there, are, there are a lot of little <laughs> little dudes that would roll out there. Hey, I'll say this. I'll say this for Matt Gay. Like he went up and tried to make a tackle yesterday. Because by the way, the Panthers, the one thing they can do well yeah. is return. If you noticed in that game, and they had a couple of returns where it kind of got your palms sweating there for a minute. And Matt Gay went up and put a hit on a guy. I told him after the game. I said, I said, hey man. I said, uh, I, I said they don't. I said kickers are a little different than they used to be. So we were having this conversation yesterday. You know, I, yeah. I said to him, I said, you're not the, you're not exactly a small kicker. He's a big guy. Yeah. You know? So uh, I gave him his props on that. Yeah. And you know, you know, you do. I certainly sit here all the time, very critical of Chris Ballard, but that is one you definitely understand the makeup of your team right there yeah. and know that, you know, some of these things in the past, you would not have thought remotely in trying to do. And now, you, know, you just got to make sure as long as your, your coach is down with it and not going for it in some form or fashion that you end up getting three when a lot of times, most of the time, if not all the time in the past, you would not have. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because if you look at their schedule the rest of the way, uh, there are some teams on there that are not exactly offensive juggernauts. So there will be some opportunities, you know, if depending on the kind of game you are playing, you know, in terms of how the game is, is playing out, there will be some opportunities to, quote, take the points. And I'm not necessarily a take the points type of guy, but I, I think you just said it. You know, it depends on the situation and what's going on. Um, I, I think there will be some of those situations right now. It, it depends on, on two things. It depends on how the game's going, 
how the other team or, or what kind of firepower the other team has. It also depends on what kind of firepower you have yes. in your own team. And, the and they don't. Has a lot to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they don't, right? And the other thing about it, they don't have right now. I thought yesterday, Stephen, in watching Gardner Minshew, I know that he's never had a strong arm, but it yeah. looks like game after game now, he's a point where he does need the bye week. He needs a rest. But I thought yesterday was like an all time low in terms of looking like a noodle arm. Yeah, and and the stats bear that out. He had, I believe, 4.9 yards per pass attempt, which is kind of the metric that coaches like to use as kind of a universal uh, metric for for efficiency in your quarterback. 4.9 is a season low for Gardner Minshew, and and that is way below where you want a guy to be. You you want it in the high sixes, and you want it in the sevens, uh, ideally. 4.9 4.9 is just you, you can't you just can't win like that. Now, obviously they won, but but that that game's an outlier because you had two pick sixes in there. So it, it's very hard to win like that, and they may not have won without the defensive performance that they had because of the lack of offensive efficiency there. So uh, I do think it's something to be concerned about. Stephen Holder of ESPN's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Speaking of of Moore, I was really happy for Kenny doing the pick six twice in front of family and friends there yesterday and solidifying the thought that he should be ongoing even after this year, continuing to be in that secondary. And what occurred to me, and I'm assuming you probably got some of this, I had the nerdery crew of the group of the Colts fans out there that are always trying to track down the latest in fifth and sixth round third day selections, a lot of which wanted him traded and wished for him to be traded last week. I just thought all encompassing, that was a really good day for those of us that like Kenny a great deal and for Kenny and family themselves. So I know I'm supposed to be objective, and I you I don't have to be here. I, I completely agree with you. You right. don't have to be right here. But Go like, ahead. I love me some Kenny Moore. Okay, and I'll tell you why. Like, I remember, I remember the early days when he got here. I mean, Chuck was still the coach. Chuck Pagano. It was 2017, and and I'll be honest. Now I've told Kenny this story. I remember when he got here. He was on special teams, if you recall. And I don't know if you remember this. Maybe some fans will remember. But there were a couple of early games. They stuck him on, I think, like the kickoff team and punt team. And he was god-awful, okay? He made a couple of huge penalties that, like, gave the other team some points or translated the points. And I, I remember one instance where Chuck had to pull him aside and put his arm around him on the sideline and just be like, dude, you're killing us. Like, and I kept thinking, when are they going to cut this guy? He's terrible. Get this guy out of here. First of all, he's 5'7". Why is he here? <laughs> you know? And Or 5'8". I'm being mean. But I, these are honest opinions. These were honest thoughts. I, I really kept wondering, like, God, this new GM, what is he doing? Get this kid out of here. And they were patient with Kenny Moore. They saw something, to their credit, and they knew that they weren't winning anything that year. It was a developmental year. And to their credit, they let it play out. And frankly, by the next year, he was a guy. All right? he, was, he was literally playing uh, every down on defense by the next year. I, I mean, it happened really fast. And it, it's a credit to, to Kenny 
And and give his sister some credit and his mom. You know, they've made him who he is. You know, he lost his father a few years ago, uh, I think while he was in college. He lost his dad. Uh, and they had been estranged for a long time. And they had reunited. And it was it was a real, you know, boost for him because, you know, he, he got to see him kind of, you know, get his football career underway a little bit. And uh, and then he he passed away. Um, I believe he, he had an illness and, and passed away some years ago. And that was a big blow to the family, obviously. But, um, yeah, they've always been tight-knit, you can tell. And, and he, you know, they mean a lot to him. And, and to see him with that joy after the game, you know, for his sisters to be there to witness that, I mean, the context of their, their father not being with them anymore is a big part of it, I think, and, and what has brought them closer together. So it's a great story, man, and and he's a great guy, and he deserves all the success he's had. I also thought Stephen Holder joins us. He'd already etched his mark in the Colts wanting him here longer term. I thought right. yesterday and that performance solidified it even more. You agree? I think so. I, you know, I, I think Kenny had been having a really good year, and I don't know if everybody necessarily – because the secondary that. has stunk is why. And yeah. yeah, that's it, why. It sounds ridiculous to say one of their corners is having a career year. Or maybe not a career year, but a, but a very good season. It doesn't it doesn't stand up to logic when every day on this show we're telling you the corners are terrible, right? So I understand that. But his role is very specific, and, and he's just one of three or four corners who are on the field. He can only do so much. He's had a very good year. And I, I always felt what was missing – was the splash plays, you know, and you can only make those when they come your way to some degree, but they came his way yesterday and he made those plays. And I, and I love the fact that he was able to, to capitalize on that because to be honest, sometimes that's the only way you really reinforce that you're having a good season is by making those splash plays. And he was able to do it. So, so credit to him. Uh, and to your point, okay. To your question, you know, in terms of, will he be here long-term? I, I think this is how I see free agency in some respects. There are some players who are just far and away elite of the elite, and, and they will work no matter where. They have value to everyone. But then I think there are some players who are really good players, but they might have more value to one team than another. And I just feel like the Colts, they understand Kenny Moore and what he brings better than anybody else. There are a lot of teams out there who I think just have this dismissive attitude about slot corners. If that's you, then Kenny Moore is probably not your guy. But I don't think that's the Colts, even though he's less, I think, utilized for for the breadth of his talent in this particular scheme under Gus Bradley. Matt Eberflus maximized him. That doesn't mean that he's better than Gus Bradley. I'm just talking about one one position. But But even with that being the case, I still feel like they have they understand Kenny Moore's value and and they have really given him a chance to to maximize it when possible. That might need, that might not be the case on every team. And so I I agree with you. I think they understand him and for them he'd have more value than perhaps other teams. Steven, did we see Gus Bradley go with the coaching flow yesterday whereas sometimes we don't considering his philosophy and how stubborn he can be with it? Um, I, I really think he didn't have to do anything out of character yesterday. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, 
So it just it, it kind of worked. And that's why I described it as go with the flow more yeah. than anything. Yeah, like what what I mean is I like, I think I think I saw this stat somewhere. Uh, he blitzed. He had the fewest blitzes he's called this season. Well, the answer the reason is because they didn't have to. Yeah, they got in there. You know, you know, and and you know he's stubborn about blitzing. I think, and and I I think at times should do it more. He didn't have to do it yesterday. Uh, DeForest Buckner ensured that he, and and frankly, they got a lot of contributions from a lot of guys on that defensive line, even down to the rookie at a Tom away. Uh, oh my God. At a bar away. I think it's how he pronounced it. I, we call him Tommy because that's the only thing. Well I done. Pronounce. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, what I was saying is um, they, they got a lot of contributions from all those guys across the board. And I, I think that was a great job. So it, it kind of took the pressure off of Gus Bradley to do anything kind of out of character or anything that's that's not you know within the, the usual um, scope of his scheme. Now, when you get an offense that puts some pressure on you, and and the quarterback starts cooking, that's when you have to do some things that maybe you aren't comfortable with, and and that's where you know Gus Bradley can be hit and miss. I, I will ask you this, and, and maybe it's the wrong time. It's weird, too, because Gus Bradley's the one a month ago suggested that he's waiting on the results, the true results of Shaquille Leonard until November, where we are now. Let's just say, sitting here right now as I ask you, who's more likely to be here next year at this time, Gus Bradley or Shaquille Leonard? Ooh, tough one. I mean, I, I think it's it's an incomplete Right now, right? The situation is right. Not, yeah, is I not, probably lobbed that to you way too early. Yes. Yeah, but that's that's fine. But but I think I think we can we can address it this way. What I'd say is that is is Shaquille Leonard taking steps in the right direction? The answer is yes. But that doesn't mean that that equates to twenty million dollars of performance. So it's really going to boil down to. How much do they value what he brings and, and whether it's more than just the plays he makes? By the way, credit to him, pretty strong performance yesterday. I mean, he, he didn't – listen, he's not making – there are plays he's just not making. Okay, I, I agree. I saw, and, I saw the highlights. Yeah, they, I, they I highlighted one in particular yeah, yesterday. Yeah. That was not good. That was not good. And, but the problem is he, he can't get off the blocks when he's matched up against like these guards and, and such. I mean, that's just not been his game. It's never been his game. And, and, and Shaq, as proud of a, a man as he is, he would tell you that, you know, he would tell you that. And, and we had this conversation, he and I, the other day. He's a guy who, in the previous iteration of, of the Colts defense, uh, he was allowed to, to play in such a way where he did not have to encounter those blocks. Now he is – and that's just not his game. I mean, he's, he weighs like 215 pounds, okay? That, that's what I weigh. And I ain't tackling anybody, <laughs> okay? So I, I just think the situation is he's not ideal for the scheme they're running and, or the, the role that he's playing in this scheme. It's not ideal for him. That's a fact. And, and I don't know how you fix that. In terms of Gus Bradley, I mean, obviously, it's not an either-or, right? It doesn't mean if Gus Bradley stays, Shaq Leonard goes. If Shaq Leonard stays, Gus Bradley goes. I don't, I don't want to frame it that way. So let's be clear. But, I mean, with Gus Bradley, I, I think the last – what do we got eight left? Eight games? I think these last eight games matter a lot. I do, too. For him. Yeah. I think they matter a lot. And here's the deal. The reality is, I, I think he's, he's 
acceptable as a defensive coordinator, but is he the right guy going forward? That's a question Shane Steichen has to answer. Remember, he did not hire Gus Bradley. He was a package deal. The Colts said, you know, we'd really like to keep him. And Shane Steichen said, okay, fine. And so it's very much like what happened when Frank Reich was was hired. And Frank was very much like, okay, I'll have an open mind about it, and then we'll see how it goes. It turned out it worked out pretty well. I think the first years of Matt Eberflus, I thought they were pretty good. Whether you agreed with that later on, that's another question. But, but, but it was an acceptable result. So here we have to see. It has to play out. We're only nine games in. And I think that's going to be a question Shane Steichen has to ask himself moving forward. And I don't know what his defensive preferences are. I don't know. And that will be a very interesting conversation to have as we move forward. But I still think that's a very important point to remember. He did not hire Gus Bradley, and the results have been inconsistent. So that is going to at least make it a question moving forward in my mind. Kind of makes you wonder, too. Gus Bradley stays, same system. Uh, You're getting the same results as far as playing time for for Shaquille Leonard. It may not match up monetarily, as you mentioned anyway. So it may not matter, but it certainly – um, it matters more if it is Gus Bradley in the future, knowing that's how he's going to be utilized. I mean, that just now, that will never match. Yeah. Now, now, one thing I, I will bring up is, you know, we we would we could have had a similar conversation about about Kenny Moore last year. Yeah. He did not adapt well to this to this Gus Bradley defense to the point where I wondered, okay, well, what's the point <laughs> in, in terms of like maybe he'd be better a better fit somewhere else. To the credit of the player and the team, they have figured it out, and he has become someone who is now contributing greatly to the defense. So the question then becomes, can Shaq Leonard make a similar transition? The difference with Shaq Leonard is he has physical challenges that Kenny Moore doesn't have, and we all know what they are. We've been talking about it for two years. So that's what makes those situations a little different, and and it complicates things um, in a situation that's already complicated. Would, would, would have Kenny been cool if they would have, in a pinch, moved him to the outside to see what he can do as opposed to keeping him where he is most comfortable and certainly in his career most effective? <laughs> he really hasn't answered the question. We did ask. I, I asked. Others asked. I, I, my, my sense is, is that he didn't want to do that. Okay. But he didn't say that explicitly. Um I think the decision was made collectively that that was not the best move. And, and, and I think you could argue there's some, there's some strong rationale behind that as bad as it was. Okay. In previous weeks, I, I, I agree. There's, there's nothing you can say to mitigate what happened. It was terrible, but you know, listen, he has an important role at playing that nickel too, because he can do things there that no one else can do from that spot. So you would weaken that spot and maybe put him at another spot outside where he's not uh, at his best. He can play it and be effective. Don't get me wrong, but you're going to get more production out of Kenny Moore in his traditional spot. So I think that it's a, you know, it's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation, I guess. Um, and, you know, you don't get – maybe you don't get that performance from Kenny Moore yesterday if he's playing in, in a different role, you right. know. 
he's playing in the middle of the field where he's comfortable and he can cover a lot of ground and you know so I don't know he he can kind of play with his eyes on the quarterback and so that's where he really can be maximized I don't know I mean to your to answer your question did he want to move outside my guess is no but I also think I, I understand to a degree why you don't do it. Hey, 30 seconds, Stephen, remaining here. Braden Smith, yeah. Jair Franklin, I know in a week in which they have to travel to Frankfurt, Germany, they didn't play yesterday. What about Sunday morning against New England? I don't know, man. Braden Smith, I, I think at this point, he needed to have been back in practice by now uh, to really get back into to the swing. I mean, he hasn't played in several weeks. Zaire Franklin has a chance, so we will see. Um, I think Braden Smith, they just give him uh, till after the bye is my personal prediction. Uh, did I miss one, or was it those two? No, no, just those two right there. Those okay, two majors, gotcha. no doubt about yeah. that. Hey, I tell you what, so, James is going to get on getting a former barefoot kicker on this show so we can answer the questions <laughs> that need to be answered. All right, man. Hey, I'm, uh, I'm off to see Wemby tonight. I want to check this oh, out. Oh, yeah, are you really? It. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tell the, tell the Pacers, since they're hijacking 30 minutes of my time, to maybe give a more balanced <laughs> performance, a more consistent performance tonight against San Antonio. Okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. I, I'd be good with that. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. I appreciate you. All right, I'll see you. Steven Holder. Hey, fans, want new flooring and want it now. March is the time to buy it floors to your home. Right, Brian Kahn? It really is, JMV. We have the state's largest selection of new flooring in stock. And we've just received additional truckloads of new hardwood, laminate, and waterproof flooring. So we're marking everything down. Brian, I'm looking at some of your incredible deals. We always sell up to 50% off those big box stores. But for a limited time, you can get new flooring starting at just 80 cents a square foot. 80 cents a square foot? That's incredible. That's three rooms of hardwood, laminate, or waterproof starting under $350 at Floors to Your Home. And you can get it right now. We have over 1,200 styles in stock. Floors to Your Home is the place for the lowest prices anywhere in Indiana. I'm doing my whole house. Three very convenient locations. Avon, Noblesville, and Brookville Road. Who has the lowest prices on flooring? Floors to Your Home. That's who.